0: Welcome to Entertainment Source Interviews. This podcast covers interviews with people of interest, including celebrities and celebrity profiles. I am your host, Mary Jensen. On this episode, I will talk with singer-songwriter Melissa Crispo. Crispo knew from the age of five that she wanted to be a musician. She was already singing into her hairbrush, after all. SSA's two- 2017 Songwriter of the Year, Crispo has opened for acts such as Styx, Sophie B. Hawkins, and Jefferson Starship. Her fan base grew significantly after performing on the last three Melissa Etheridge Cruises. From there, things began to change for the New York redneck tomboy who now resides in Orlando. Her latest album, The Fifth Stage, released in early 2019, invites us into the next session of her life, where there is less heartbreak and more love. This is Mary Jensen to do the interview. How are you? I'm so sorry I didn't get your call. I got (laughs) only
1: I think I swear to God, I don't, don't wait till you're 40 when you have a baby, or you have no idea what to do. Oh my God!
0: No, that's okay. I actually think I called you a couple min, minutes early anyway, but um, so everybody's feeling better now.
1: Yeah, everybody's feeling good.
0: Everyone's just got the
1: remainder of the cough that we all have. Yeah. But at least we're we're back to work and you know back to function somewhat functioning
0: (laughs) that's good yeah so I I'm up here where it's still cold in Massachusetts I guess you're in Florida right oh my gosh
1: I wish I was up there it is 90 degrees right now it's humid (laughs) very humid yeah
0: already wow that's crazy yeah I mean I just Florida
1: we get like one month where it's not
0: boiling hot oh yeah because I'm thinking about moving down there in three years but I don't know we'll see (laughs) because I mean (laughs) I've only been down there for like a couple you know like when we're going to go on the cruises so it's always nice then but it's too hot for me I don't
1: I don't plan on staying
0: (laughs) Uh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's what everybody keeps telling me. I love the heat, but they're like, "Well, this is ridiculous." So
1: yeah, it's a, and it's, it's a <clears> different <throat> kind of heat, boy. It's, it's it's you don't you don't even want to go outside and get your mail because when you come back in, you'll have to take a shower.
0: Oh boy! Yeah,
1: we—it's we, it's, we, it's humid. It's very
0: humid. We should probably go down there in the summer just so we can see. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend that to you. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we we've been on all three of the cruises too. So, um, and I guess mm-hmm. there's going to be another one coming up at some point. But all right. So I guess we'll get started here. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I went over the questions that you that you. Uh, you gave me thank you for doing that because so many times when I'm trying to think I start fumbling all
0: around my own words no problem that's actually a good idea I should like send them to other people too that I'm interviewing um but so yeah the first question is one of them that I believe I sent you um I read Uh that you began singing into your hairbrush around age five um how did you how did you get from there to where you are now
1: you know what? Uh, it's it's funny because I still I still tell like I'll tell my wife and I'll tell other people the same story um, that you know when you're when you're five or six years old you know and you you have these these dreams as kids you know and you know I remember just watching uh, you know MTV and stuff like that and 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 being like man I I'm like I want to do that I want to do that well when you're that little we all have like those little dreams and then you outgrow it and then you become an adult <laughs> well. Yep. In my case, I never ever out outgrew it, and I there was like a passion inside of me, like a, just a burning passion. As I got older and older, with music in general, like just walking by, I remember my uncle had a drum set in the garage, and walking by that drum set, and I was just mesmerized by it. And the only thing I could focus on was wanting to play it. When, meanwhile, like you know, all my little cousins, everyone's like, "Come on, let's play Barbies or let's do this and let's do that," and I just remember just being with just wanting to play those drums and and that was you know seven years old or whatever yeah so and it never went away and it went from you know the drums and singing and guitars and pianos and every instrument out there where it would just turn my head as a kid and I couldn't not do it I had to do it I had to pick up every instrument I could And it never went away, and here I am, I'm 41 now, (laughs) Uh and I'm still, I still, uh, I still have my dreams. Yeah,
0: that's great. So that means it was meant to be. Um, So did you ever take any lessons with anything, or did you self-teach? You
1: know, I, 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 my parents um, put me in guitar lessons because they said that I had to go to college. Well, I was saying, no, I'm going to be a musician. And I'm, this is what I'm going to do, and you can't change my mind. So then my parents were like, okay, well, what about a music college? Um, So we looked into Berklee College of Music, and um, they did not accept me because I could not read music. So my parents, you know, were paying throughout high school, you know, that last year of high school, were really paying a lot of money to send me to lessons. Well, it didn't work for me because when you're used to listening to the radio and, like, say, listening to Guns N' Roses or your favorite you know, a journey song or something and you're listening to it and you just picked up your guitar and you could play by ear, you would learn how to play the song. Mm -hmm. So when they would send me the lessons, it's, you know, some guy trying to teach me how to read music to play with Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah. (laughs) And it was so boring for me. It just didn't work well for me. So it was frustrating for me because reading music to me was like trying to do math, which I'm not good at. So I pretty much taught myself um, you know how to play guitar, and also like by just hearing it and having an ear for the music.
0: Even like so for vocal, did you take any vocal lessons?
1: Or? Uh, well, there's a funny story about that. Funny you ask. Uh, I wanted to be a singer at one point, and my parents didn't have a lot of money, and so they they sent me to like this expensive like music school because they were like, you know, we'll find the money. If this is what she wants to do, you know, we're going to do our best to to back her in it or whatever. And so they sent me to the school, and then after a couple of weeks, the teacher told my parents. He said, uh, "He said, you know, he said I don't want you to waste your money. He said she has something. He said I don't know what it is. He said but it's not singing." Really? <laughs> ah. <laughs> so they took me out of this, the, the uh, singing school there, and I never sang again until I think it was like 21. <laughs> oh wow! Because I just started writing songs, and eventually, when I was writing them, I was thinking to myself, "Well, I'm writing these." Somebody I mean, has to sing them, <laughs> but I was always told that I couldn't sing, so I was always too afraid to sing. When I, you know, after that had happened.
0: Wow, that's that's weird because obviously you can sing. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, people say it, so I've been going with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, who was your first musical influences?
1: Um, as a as a real little kid, kid it was more of the rock music. Um, a lot of the stuff my dad listened to was like the classic rock, like Pink Floyd. Led Zeppelin, um, Jethro Tull, um, a lot of those, those bands. And then as I got my very first guitar, um, I remember it was Melissa Etheridge, it was Cheryl Crow, um, mm-hmm. uh, Matchbox 20, Thank you. Um, but I just remember like for the first time, I remember when the Yes I Am album came out from Melissa Etheridge. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, it's a woman that plays guitar and she sings. Like, so to me, that was a huge influence. You know, her and Cheryl Crow because they both played instruments and they were women. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that they were probably right, right, at the top two. It would be Cheryl and Melissa. Okay. Did you have uh,
0: were there any other musicians in your family?
1: Uh, there were not.
0: <laughs>
1: there were not, and it's funny because I told you about how my uncle was a trauma. well um and still to this day the drums are actually my favorite instrument um that's what i really wanted from my parents was drums and they refused so they gave me a guitar instead because they said they weren't going to have a lot of drums in their house uh-huh. um so I, I didn't even want a guitar at first i just wanted the drums um but then i did find out that my my father's father so my grandfather's why i had not met because he passed away uh, before I was even born. Um he was a professional drummer. And here now my dad's little brother, my uncle, was also a professional drummer. So it it was in there in the family somewhere and it's ironic that drums are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I've always wanted to try to learn drums. I never actually took lessons or anything, but I don't know, maybe someday I gotta hurry though, I'm fifty two, so
2: Hey
1: it's never too it's never too late.
0: <laughs> maybe I will <laughs> if it makes your heart <laughs>
1: smile when you do it.
0: It's just amazing. I like. I love to watch people play the drums too. And yes, yes. Right. So when I go
1: to a concert, that's what I'm staring at the whole entire concert. I know it's weird. No, it's <laughs> I'm not. I'm watching the drummer play the whole time.
0: I do the same thing. Like a lot of times. I mean, I look around. You know, obviously at everybody. But um, yeah, the drums. I just. I'm so attracted. I just keep going back to watching the drums and just like, wow. I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> Now, I
1: love it. I love it.
0: The next question is: um, You've been on all three cruises, correct? Yes. How did you get invited to the first on the first
1: one? Well, and this is this is really it's funny because it because of that it changed my life because I had been playing music for you know uh, I guess sixteen years at this point and I had even quit at one point because I was like, look, you know, I need, you know, I'm in my thirties now, you know, I'm in my. You know, I need retirement. I need to forget about this dream that I have. I need to just let it go. You know, um, here I'm in my 30s. i am playing music. I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like I'm running in circles, which ironically is a song on my album, and that's what it's about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know <laughs> um, that song. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I wrote the first verse of that song 12 years before I was able to finish it. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: wow. But uh, so I, I was like, so I, you know, I quit. I went. I got my two-year degree. I went to the fire academy. I got my fire standards. Became a firefighter. I went through paramedic school for another year. Became a paramedic. I started working as a firefighter-paramedic, and um, right around that that point is when that first cruise did happen, which changed everything again. And it was like, oh my god! Well, now I have all these student loans, and I worked so hard, you know, to make it through fi- the fire academy, and cause it wasn't easy, you know. The, a 31 year old female, the only female in my class, having to pass the same stuff that an 18 year old guy would have to pass. Yeah. And so it was very, very difficult. And but then I looked at it like, well, I worked so hard, but this is my dream, and if I don't take it, I'll kick myself in the ass for the rest of my life.
2: Yeah. You know, this is
1: what I've been dreaming about my whole life. So what? How it happened was that the booking agency of the first cru- of the first cruise contacted the Pulse Foundation and wanted to take some Pulse survivors on the cruise and give them free, free rooms.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, one of the board members at the time that they contacted is Robin Maynard, who runs Libby's Legacy Breast Cancer Foundation. So I've known her for years. I volunteered for her breast cancer foundation for ten, at least 10 years prior to this cruise. And so she mentioned it. she came up to one of my shows, and she said, well, guess what we're doing? We're going on a Melissa Etheridge cruise. So I looked at her, and I was like, oh, my God, Robin. I was like, get me on that cruise. I'll sleep in a closet, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even care. Oh, my God. And so she mentioned it to the woman that was in charge. And, of course, you know, well, who she signed under. And Well, she's not. She's local. But she's really good, and she just needs that chance. She's a great songwriter. She needs a chance. So the woman said, "Okay, well, send me send me some of her stuff." So we sent her a demo of Tomboy. It wasn't even it wasn't even recorded really yet. It was a kind of a brief demo of it. And, and the woman called me the next day and booked me on the cruise. Wow!
2: Um,
1: and I think at that point it really that's when everything really changed um, for me. It, it it was like finally um, people can hear my music and not just the people in the, in Orlando. Yeah,
0: that is amazing. Um,
1: and then from the first cruise, it caught um, Melissa Etheridge's wife, Linda's attention. Um, and, uh, and then before you knew it, it the, you know, the second cruise, and then to, to be personally invited, you know, on the third cruise, they used a different company. So when I emailed the company and said, hey, I've played on the first two, how do I get on this one? They said, well, we don't do it on this one, Melissa's picking all the artists herself. So at that point, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to work? And my wife's like, you know, it's okay, babe. You know, she knows who you are. And I'm like, uh, I told my wife, I'm like, babe, she knows a million musicians. What makes me more special than the rest of them? (laughs) And and before you knew it, I I actually got that email that invited me on the cruise. So it was amazing. Oh, my God. That
0: is an amazing story. I love it. Um, So, yeah, your your dreams are happening. And so that actually (laughs) answers my next question. It was... uh. How has performing on the ME cruises influenced your career? Um, has it opened up like any other doors? Like, uh, actually, I think I had read, didn't it open up a door to another cruise for someone else? Did I read? That? Uh, they,
1: well, yeah, they ended up putting me on the country music cruise. Now, my music is not actually country music, but maybe some of my songs might sound a little like it. And being when I was playing acoustic solo, I could kind of pass for that in some eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then playing an acoustic guitar and just doing solo stuff. You know, it can sound a lot like today's country music. So they did put me on the country cruise. Um, and then it, it, it's, it's opened a lot of doors as far as, like, Women's Week in Provincetown. And uh, I'm in Provincetown now three times this year.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and, and a lot more of the Pride Festival and stuff like that. Because it was, like, with that now on my resume, it's for them to see that and... and, and See that you've played on it three times and see that your fan base is really growing. um, That's what's been able to to book me in in some of these these bigger festivals and stuff, which I still work really hard. I mean, I probably work 15 hours a day at least um, doing nothing but sending emails, um, maintaining my website, because I don't have a manager or anything, so I do 100% of it myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I did have a manager, actually, <laughs> or a clone, or a secretary. <laughs> yeah. So this way I can concentrate more on just practicing and writing music, because that's probably five percent of what I do. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure it takes up a lot of time to make phone calls and all, everything. Yeah, and, and for
1: every thousand no's you get, you might get one yes. You know, so you just you just keep going, and it it can be discouraging. It can be very, I call it fishing. I don't know if you like to fish or not, but um, no. I like to fish in my spare time. <laughs> and yeah. so when you go fishing, you throw your rod out in the water, and you could spend hours, and you can go fishing for days and not even get a bite, okay? And then sometimes you get a bite, but then you lose the fish before you even reel it in. Mm-hmm. So I call it fishing because I'll send out a 1,000 emails in a week to different clubs, different pride events, all different things, and I'll send out a thousand emails, and I might get a response from two or three, which I call, oh, my God, I got a bite, mm-hmm. but did I get the gig when it's all said and done means I landed the fish. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, no, <laughs> but that's pretty much what I do on a regular basis. That's, that's my everyday life.
0: <laughs> well, you know, maybe Lennon, once she gets, gets up and running and talking, maybe you can teach her to...
1: To be a manager, you know. <laughs> right, it's, she can help you out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Learn how to play an instrument, and then I'm one less band member. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, you never know, like what's gonna happen with her, you know? She might.
0: End hey, up it's being-
1: crazy, you know. You know Phil Collins. You know he was originally a drummer. Mhm. Do you know that he's on tour right now, and his 14 year old son is his drummer? Oh
0: no, I did how not. How
1: cra- crazy? How crazy is that?
0: That is crazy. You just never know.
1: I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean because he's been he's been around for a long time. I don't even know how
1: old no, he is now. I but. love his music. He's on tour now. I wanna go see him so bad that tickets are so much money
0: it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Well maybe I'll get to open for him.
1: <laughs> that's always my biggest, uh, my, oh, that's going to lead to your next
2: question. Oh,
0: yeah, one of my <laughs> questions was, that, yeah, somewhere in here I have that, if you could open for anyone, and I actually, after I sent that to you, I added, like, if you could open for anyone, dead or alive, who would you open for?
1: Oh, my gosh, if we're going with dead or alive. <laughs> and I, okay, was, so. I was
0: almost going to email you back, too, and tell you I added that in, but. I didn't get around All to
1: it. right. So, my two favorite bands of all time that are no longer technically here—they're still touring, either solo or with new singers—but technically not really full bands. But the Beatles and Queen oh, yeah. would be would be my my passed away. or and there is one more. I gotta add Tom Petty to that. Oh, yeah, and he's gone now too. Isn't I'm he? a huge Tom Petty fan. My wife and I are both. That was our first concert we ever been to together. And so we, we were devastated when that happened. Um, So, yeah, that's what I would say for the ones that have passed. <laughs> okay. So, those that are still here Melissa Etheridge, Cheryl Crow, and Matchbox 20. All right. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, Melissa Etheridge, I. You know, you kind of open for her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a roundabout way. We
2: can,
1: in and, and, and definitely, but just to say it was just like a, a concert. Right. right. I agree But a concert. Uh, I would love to. I would, be, I would be honored to, and especially now that I've got to know her a little bit more and, and seeing more than just the musician. you know what I mean? Seeing mm-hmm. more than the songwriter, but actually really getting to know the person more made me gain even more respect. Yeah. Um, so it's, she's in, influenced me, uh, ironically, because of these cruises, uh, her own behavior has influenced me, um, more than I ever thought it would. Um, just watching how she treats her fans, yeah. um, and, and just watching even her, her body language, you know, taught me a lot on that first cruise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was always a person that, um, I, i suffered from social anxiety, like, my whole life, and, and just trying to talk to people is hard for me, let alone when somebody comes up and wants to hug you. And and so it was a struggle, but I would watch how she would interact with her fans, and I started repeating that. And eventually I just got used to doing it, and now it's not, like, a huge problem anymore. Oh, that's Every cool. once in a while I'll have my moment if there's, like, too many people at one time. Yeah. Um, then I'll have, like, a little moment, but I, I have to try to make myself snap, snap
2: out of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean she she's amazing. Just, I mean that's that's part of why I love her too. Obviously, her music and everything, but because she's just such a caring person, she really has a big heart yep. and everything.
1: And just it's just all about love and 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 you know getting putting people together and getting this last cruise was nothing like the first two. Um, this last cruise, not only the booking agency that, that ran it. They really made us artists feel special, and Melissa took extra time out to put on events that involved us with her, and so that was amazing for us artists. To be able to get up on stage on 80s night and sing songs with her, that was a dream come true for all of us. Oh, we were God. all standing backstage having the best night of our life that night, and I mean, we weren't even drinking, and we were back there dancing, and I don't even know how to dance, believe me, I'm sure you saw it up on stage. <laughs> It was it was the best night for all of us because we were so excited because we're all on this boat together we're all trying so hard you know to get at the level that we want to be at and and to be able to be invited to sing a song up on stage with with her was just amazing for all of us.
0: Oh yeah, it looked like you were having a blast. That was that was like my favorite night I think on the cruise. Too. Mm-hmm. Just watching y'all, and...
1: I think it was even all of the artists' favorite night. <laughs> Yeah. We still, and I, I made connections on this cruise with so many artists that I never did on the other cruises and made so many on this one um, to where I got invited to Nashville, like, the very week after for some event that they had and ended up running into Delta Ray oh. and Sarah Peacock and, and was really able to hang out with them more and talk with them more because, another, you know, that's another thing. That that helps, too, because it, it opens more doors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's never always really been like that. Sometimes musicians keep to themselves and aren't as I don't even know loving as this cruise was.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good then, because then you're making connections with them too, and and getting other events. So, because then I was going to ask. Share with me how your career has grown since your debut to the new album, Fifth Stage. But you kind of you kinda answered Don, that. I don't know if you have anything you want to add yeah. to it. Yeah, you know, that's pretty much what what it,
1: it, 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 it was. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It was, you know, and I say, you know, like one person who mentioned my name and because of that got me on that first cruise. Because it did change any, everything because I was quitting music because I... I didn't want to ever quit, but I was realizing that, you know, you're an adult now, and and it was hard for me to even maintain relationships in the past because people thought it was cool that you were a musician, but then they realized that you didn't make a lot of money and that you were chasing a Mm dream. And so nothing ever would last. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: my, My wife, you know, my wife is pretty much, she had a lot to do with, to do with it too. It was this cruise and my wife looking at me one day and saying, why would you want to change who you are? She said, you are a musician, you're a songwriter. She said, and that's who you are. Why would you change that? And she said to me, she said, you give away your power too much to people. She said, you give it away to your parents. You know, you give it away to society because you think you're supposed to be something because that's what our world says you're supposed to be. And she said, that's not who you are. And that's what inspired, that's why I wrote Take Back Your Power. All
0: right, yeah. Okay, well, that's great because you got her support too. <laughs> I love it. Um, now, when did the lyrics for Tomboy begin materializing? Was it while you were growing up or later when you started writing?
1: Well, it, it's funny because I uh, I I remember my wife and I were just joking um, about it. And I was like, I was talking about you know, kind of, I brought up my past and kind of how I felt like my parents were always disappointed. Um, I always felt like they were disappointed in, in, in everything. And as a kid, you, you 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 do take in that stuff. People think kids don't remember stuff. And and they do. And and so even as an adult looking back and thinking, God, you know, I have just always disappointed my parents. You know, I wanted to be a boy. My mom wanted a girl. That was a disappointment for her. Um, you know, they wanted me to go to college and do this, that, and the other. And, and I didn't do that, and that was a disappointment. And now I'm in my 30s, and I'm probably still a disappointment because I'm just a musician. And, and, and so I was joking, and I said, yeah, I said I should write a song about being a tomboy because, you know, that was, that was a disappointment for my parents. And that's what stemmed it. <laughs> now,
0: what do your parents now, do they, what do they think of that song?
1: Um, they, they, you know, it's, it's hard. I have a, I have a distant, somewhat distant relationship with them. Um, they say that they're super proud of me. They say that they love me. Um, however, um, we're still distant. I think some of the gay thing is what caused that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think even though they say now, oh, we don't have a problem really with it. I think so much damage was done for me when they did have a problem with it. It's hard for me to just say, "Okay, let's be best friends." And it's, I'm, I'm trying to get there, because mm-hmm. I felt like I was absent in their life for so long.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so that might go to the end here with the when we mentioned the book. We'll have to talk about that after. Um, the, yes, yes, um, I did read right. what you were saying in that. Now, and
1: oh, I'm so glad that you're doing that. I'm really glad that you're doing that because I was reading what you said about that and to help people because their life, so, it's going to ruin my career. It's going to ruin this. It's going to embarrass this person. It's going to embarrass me. And everything opposite happened, which yeah. blew my mind.
0: Yeah, I know. It's um, amazing, like, how, you know, as far as we've come, that... It's still difficult um, for a yep. lot of people. A lot of people, you know, their families—they're afraid to tell. And like I was too. I mean, I—I I was married to a guy, you know, and me too. <laughs> yeah, you were too. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah, and I just, you know, and I kind of knew who I was, but I'm like, nah, you know, that'll go away. You know, like a lot of them, like a lot of them, yeah. a lot of us. You, I know should it, say. you know what it
1: narrows it down to. What it narrows down to is, once again, it's that we give away our power to other people.
0: hmm Yep.
1: And and we do. We, we want to make our parents proud. We don't want our, our boss at work to know something. We don't want... And that's what we're doing. And all we're doing is giving our power away to other people instead of just being who we are, which when I finally did that in my late 30s is when I technically, I could say, was out, out, out. Where where somebody says, where's your husband? I'm like, oh, well, actually, I'm married to a woman. And I would have never said that in the past. Yeah. And it's liberating, and it makes me feel normal, finally.
0: Yeah. So I
1: think it's great that you're doing this book.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Kathy started this book. I mean, this was like, we well, you know, we were drinking wine one day, and... We just, I don't know, we just started talking about different things like that. And, like, I'm like, oh, we should write a book. And, you know, we just started writing stuff down, ideas. And we've interviewed, um, like, a lot of people that we know, friends and family. But I've interviewed um, Poppy Champlin. I don't know if you know her, the comedian. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we got her. But, and then I it, know how I met her. Yeah, um, Pete Town. Pete Town. She's going to say it, but it was p Town. Yeah. 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 She's awesome, too. I like her. But, yeah, so she was the, and then, you know, like I work full time. I, I'm just I freelance writing and I actually just started getting back into that again it was years and years ago that I used to do it and then I came out and I had to get like a full-time job instead of just doing my writing so I got away from it you know that whole thing and right. I just started oh, yeah. getting back into it and I, I I got an interview with Melissa Etheridge for Curve Magazine that's awesome. And, you know, I just fell into that because I had this idea, and I'm like, well, I haven't written anything really, or got, you know, gotten anything published for a long time, but I contacted her people, I contacted Curve, and for some reason they both said yes, and I was like, oh, my God, really?
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> and, you know, like That's I amazing, said.
1: Though. Congrats to you on
0: that. Thanks. Yeah, that was cool. So I started that book a while ago, and then, you know, just working full-time and stuff, I just never really, I'm always tired but you know what mm-hmm. after I got that interview with Melissa I was like okay I don't care how tired I am I'm going to do everything I can to like you know interview and get published and, and get this book going again and start making getting contacts And so I think we're going to try to I'll make it happen hold
2: on just a second I'll take her if you want here, baby
1: girl. you sure oh sorry <laughs> I'm so sorry I it's got, okay um, my I know I'm baby, taking up, up a lot of your time right
0: now. <laughs> I'm taking sorry, up a sorry. lot of your time hi Lennon <laughs> okay <laughs> so how and when did you and Candace meet
1: um, we actually have known each other um, throughout the community uh, for probably over 10 years before we even uh, got together because you know I was just a local musician in Orlando and see, um, you know people would come to my shows and i bought you know like hey i'm going thanks for coming and and so i would see her out and about and then um we ended up um, becoming friends with each other when we were actually both out of a relationship and became friends with each other but at the same time we were like trying to date people and you know and come to find out here we were friends and at one point i just realized one day like like oh my god like i have this like you know, list of things of what I'm not going to do this time in a relationship or the kind of person I'm not going to be with. And I realized, like, that everything that I actually wanted was, like, right there. It was almost like a cheesy 80s movie. Yeah, it was like, and it's funny because when you're friends with somebody, you're completely honest and you're yourself. And sometimes I think when you're dating somebody, people put on funds, and they try to impress somebody. Really. And so the best part about it was is when we decided, like, oh, my God, should we try this? Should we try to go out with each other? We knew everything about each other already because we hung out as friends and and so there was no secrets. There was you know, we were always ourselves and I think that was the best part about it and I think that's still why even our relationship now is is so good because she's my best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's um, a lot of relationships Work out that way better, I think. Like if your friends first you get to know Absolutely. each other, and and then it's not so like stressful when you start dating. <laughs> it, exactly, exactly, and that and it, it's the thing. It's like you know,
1: when when there's a problem, you know, so many times in past relationships that I've had, or when other people have problems, you know, um, you know, the first thing they want to do is run and vent to their girlfriends and talk to their girlfriends, and, and I feel like. You know, she's my person I can actually do that with. And even if it's a problem in our, in our own marriage, if something bothers me about something or, or whatever, you know, I don't feel like I can't tell her. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we should talk about something. And, and we've both made a commitment to each other that when that happens to do that with each other, you know, because we, we never want to, to feel like we can't go to each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what song did you write for Candace? What's that? I know I had read um, in an article that you had written a song for her that you used for your oh. wedding vows. I didn't know what song it was
1: though. Yes, it's called Turn It Up Loud, and it's on the Fifth Stage album. It's actually the last song on the album. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what? I, yeah, I, I had surprised her during our wedding, and put it as part of our wedding vows, um, and so then I ended up deciding to put it to go ahead and put it on uh, on this album.
0: Yeah, we got the album, I love it (laughs) I've been listening to it while I'm working and stuff Now, was your daughter named after anyone in particular?
1: Uh, John Lennon
0: That's what (laughs) I thought, but I didn't want to be presumptuous (laughs)
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely Like I said, I'm a huge,
1: huge fan of the Beatles And not just that, but John Lennon was a man That wanted something more but peace and love Mm
0: Mhm. Okay. So, yep Uh, that was my guess, especially earlier on when you said that um, the Beatles were an influence. So, yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right. Um, you had done a benefit for Libby's Legacy, right? A while back. When? When was
1: oh, that? Oh, so yeah. There's been so many actually. Um, oh, was They, they have. Uh, yeah, they have events. You know, they started having an event events. Uh, you know, for years and years and years, and so. Uh, I'm trying to think which I don't even know which one. I've pretty much done one every year for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now most Adverts is involved in them. Um, so, so I've done a um, you know I've done the last two Come to My Table events that they've had on cruises. Mhm. That raised like a really good amount of money for um, the Come to My Table projects that they have going on.
0: I know it's amazing how much money I raised on the cruises. That's great. And,
1: it's, and, it's, and you know what's funny about that story, and I, I had to tell, I, I, I was on the microphone at the front of my table. They kind of put a speech up there, and I wanted people to know, you know, these people that were spending a lot of money, I wanted them to kind of know the story that Robin really never told a lot of people. But when she started Libby's Legacy, it was because her mom passed away of breast cancer, so she started something called Scooters for Hooters. And it was a scooter ride, not motorcycles, but scooters, that people would do like a poker run kind of thing to raise money for a breast cancer foundation that would help women who couldn't afford to get mammograms, women who couldn't afford to get treatments, and would even do vacations or cruises for people that were in stage 4 cancer and stuff like that. And so the very first event, um, you know, she asked me to play for it. It was small. I was the only musician at the time. And I remember Robin Maynard put her arm around me, and she said, Crispo, she said, I want this to be huge. I want to do this every year. She goes, in fact, one day, one day I'm going to get most of the effort to play at this thing. And, and that right there shows how when you, you manifest things and, you, and you, you have a vision and you dream about things, because exactly ten years later, Robin didn't know Melissa Etheridge. Exactly ten years later, she had a conversation with Melissa Etheridge on the first cruise, and Melissa Etheridge decided to partner with her and do the Come to My Table Foundation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so here's something that no one would have knew ten years prior was going to happen just because Robin was like, I want this to be huge. And I was like, well, Melissa Etheridge isn't playing at Scooters for Hooters, but you are on the Melissa Etheridge cruise, and you've partnered with Melissa Etheridge, so it's even better than what you saw.
0: Yeah, that's great. And plus they got the Pink Ribbon Garden project going, too.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. I kept saying, come to my table, the Pink Ribbon Garden. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I messed up the name there. Oh,
0: that's all right. Uh, What has been your best moment or experience as a musician thus far?
1: I would say this last cruise, for yeah. sure. That tops everything. Yeah, was <laughs> Being able to get up on stage with not just Melissa, but, you know, so many of the other artists. Um, this last cruise was honestly the best week of my life. <laughs>
0: um, where do you see yourself professionally in five years? Let's see. I'm going to
1: answer this question with... My same answer, if you would have asked me this question 20 years ago, because the answer has never changed. (laughs) I want to be a guest on The Ellen Show, and I will be a guest on Saturday Night Live. And I would love to be able to get a Grammy one day. <laughs> so, those are always my top three that I've been saying for 20 years. <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, it's going to happen. You'll see.
1: That's, that's my goal.
0: You got all these doors opening up for you. Yeah. You're going to get there. So, now I was wondering about pictures. Um, can I use pictures from your website? Or, cause I yeah, you know sure what? About too? Copyright. I have new photography. Well, I actually
1: new photography. Um, and I can make sure I can send you all the brand new photography that's really good stuff. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. Cause um, and then
1: also, you can use anything you see as well, if you like something that you see. But I'll also send some promo shots to you. All right, cool. Let's
0: see. Oh, uh, I have one question from Seth. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Because I know that you, you're you friends with her. And it's funny because Kathy and I met her and her wife on the first cruise. And then we were like instantly friends and inseparable on the cruises now. And we've been to their uh-huh. house and they've been to our house. So oh, I was telling awesome. obsessed that I was going to be interviewing you. And she was like, oh, could you ask her a, que- a question for me? So her question is, and she kept forgetting to ask you.
1: What is your tattoo and what does it mean to you? Okay, my tattoo that's on me, it's not quite finished yet, but it is all of my love. So if you look up the word Lennon, Lennon actually means little black bird, or it says lover or a little black bird. So there's a black bird on my arm. Um, There's a sunflower on my arm. And uh, Candace and I's favorite flower is sunflower. The whole wedding was nothing but sunflowers. Um, and then there's a, there's a uh, piano and there's a microphone, mm-hmm. which is my love. And then there's actually musical notes that aren't on it yet. There's a class for musical notes. And those notes are going to be the, the notes for turning Up Loud, which is my song for my life.
0: Oh, all right. That's awesome.
1: And so, yeah, that's, that's the tattoo. All right. I'll have to tell her
0: that. Um, thank thank, you, thank you, you so much. On. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. <laughs> Entertainment Source Interviews is an Entertainment Source production. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and where you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Entertainment Source Interviews on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to make a donation to our tip jar, you can find the link in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Check out my other podcast, It's Just a Ghost.